whatever God has given me, I'm going to live every minute of every day exhorting and encouraging you to be the best that you can possibly be. Because my heart is like a mother towards you. And I just want, I just want to be there egging you on. I mean, even when I'm 70 odd, I want to be watching these people preach. I want to be watching them do the miracles of God and, and, and exhort God. And I want to be there on the sideline going, come on, lovey. Come on. <laughs> or maybe I'll be 90 when I got that voice. Anyway, but I always say I'm going to die on the pulpit like Smith Wigglesworth. I'm just going to be here preaching and I'll just go, bye. And I'll go home and it'll be good because I just want to take every, every second, every breath out of this life. Amen. And so I think Pastor Phil has said this morning, we live in interesting days, interesting days. And I think the next 20 odd years, there is going to be some stuff that we see. There's going to be some stuff that we experience as a people, as a church, as human beings, that is just going to take a lot of guts and a lot of faith and a lot of mothers and fathers urging us on. So we need all the voices we can get. We need all the encouragement we can get. We need all the wisdom we can get so that we can go out in glory. You think about it now. There's been generations and generations and generations that have come and gone in this world. But somehow God chose you as a generation to see the greatest days the world has ever seen. The most fearful days, the most awful days, yet the most glorious days that the world has ever seen, you will see. And you've been born for such a time as this. And therefore, you have to embrace what God has for you in these days and not just sit by you. That's a, that's, that's a Welsh saying that I picked up, I feel. Sit by you, it means sit, just sit over there and just watch it all go by and not be involved. You need to be actively involved. And that young man that's sitting next there, there, one, two, three. Adam? Is that Adam there? Aaron? You? Stand up, young man. I just see so much in you. Like when I was saying hello, welcome, and all that, I turned around and looked at your face and I thought, my goodness, young man, God has his hand on you so strong. And you are a, a real man of integrity, integrity. And all your life, you've always been truthful and honest, and the truth has been really, really important to you, and you hated lying, and you hate liars, and the truth is important. And tonight, you're going to hear truth, and I want you to embrace it. Amen? I want you to embrace it because your future is in that truth. Amen. Sit down, thanks. <laughs> Didn't want to embarrass you or anything, but no one's looking at you except me, so that's cool. They've all got their backs to you. That's good. I've been like stuck in the book of Daniel, and I'm saying, God, why am I stuck in the book of Daniel? And I just think there is just so many great young men, and when we say men, we say women as well, in the book of Daniel that are just, um, just, just firebrands for God, just you know, there's such an example. When we read the Word of God, we say, why is the Old Testament there? The Old Testament is there as an example. So we can look back and we can see what our forefathers did in certain situations and we can ex and, and maybe uh, copy them or, or follow their example and be successful in our generation. The Bible says there's a great cloud of witnesses watching us. And I know that right now Daniel is here. Awesome, Daniel is here, anointed book of the Bible written about you, Daniel, but 
the real Daniel, the one that this book is, is up there. And he's there right now urging us on. And he's got three of his friends up there with him, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're up there with him. Funny names. I think God would have changed their names back by now. But they're up there and they're going, come on, you know, come on, you know, watch what we did and do it and do it greater and do it better. So we want to look at that right now. I want to take you through some of this stuff. You know, many people don't even know the stories of the Bible, so I need to share it a little with you. Amen. You might have heard it in Sunday school, kids church or whatever, but I never went to Sunday school, kids church, so I didn't hear the stories. So I had to learn them all. And so I'm going to help you tonight. Amen. Father, anoint your word in the name of Jesus and let it go out like a two-edged sword, dividing between truth and error. Thank you, Lord, that we would know the truth and the truth would set us free. Now bless us now. In the mighty name of Jesus, let your anointing fall in this place. Anoint your word in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Now, let me give you the background here. There was this king, this evil king. He was the king of Babylon. Now, Babylon was known to be the most evil and corrupt empire probably ever on the face of the earth. And this king, Nebuchadnezzar, decided that he needed some good men around and he needed these, you know, well-bred men. And so he thought, I'll steal them. That's what I'll do. I won't breed my own, raise my own. I'll just go and steal some. And so he, he goes over and he steals the Jewish men and he brings all these, the best. Like he, we're talking about God's best, his first fruits, God's first fruits, his 10%, the best that God had, this Nebuchadnezzar, like the devil, said, I'll take that. Thank you very much. And I'll bring it into my kingdom and I will pollute it and I will, I will bring destruction to it. Amen. And so he brings these guys into his kingdom to train them in his ways and the Babylonian ways so that they would serve him. They're kidnapped. They're taken captive. They don't have a choice in the matter. These guys were striking. They were absolutely proficient, wise. They were educated. They were like the best of the best, the cream of the crop. And he brought them into the Babylonian system and he started to train them in his ways. But there was a couple of guys in here. There was Daniel and then there was his three friends whose names were changed to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these guys, they, they said, yes, we will, we will honor and we will serve this system, but there's certain things we will not bow our knee on because we will serve our God. Amen. No matter where we are, no matter what the system dictates to us, no matter what's going on around us, even though we're in the middle of what would be classified today as satanic church or a satanic nation, we will worship God. And so these guys have gone through a few tests up to now. First of all, you know, they went through this time where the king wanted them to eat the king's food and all this stuff and wine and stuff. No, they wanted to stay consecrated to God. So they refused that. And it would have been death to them had the king found out. But they just kept doing it anyway because they're saying, we're not going to defile ourselves with the king's food. We're, gonna, we're not going to eat what you eat, drink what you drink. We'll just keep eating our vegetables and our fruit and drinking water. 
And you'll see at the end of the time that we'll be stronger than all the other men. And so this guy who was looking after them, he gave them a bit of leniency and he said, okay then, but don't you get me in trouble and become weaker. At the end of the time, they, they proved to be 10 times stronger and 10 times fitter than all the other men. And so they decided, instead of punishing these guys, let's put all the men, the king said, let's put all the men on their diet because it seems like their diet is better than our diet and uh, let's see them all get fit. So they won that victory, amen, for God. And then they came into this place where the king had had a dream and they brought all the astrologers in to interpret the dream and all the soothsayers and all the evil and all the astrologers and all these weird people interpret this dream and no one could interpret it and somebody said, you know, well, maybe some, you know, Daniel can do it. And Daniel comes in and he said, you know, I, I can't interpret the dream for you, but I will go and ask my God, my God. So he goes with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They lock themselves away. They pray, God, you're going to come through. And I'm giving you a quick version, okay? I mean, God, God, God. And they cry out. And because God comes through and God gives Daniel the interpretation of the king's dream. And so the, so the four of them get promoted. They've had promotion now. And they are like then they're serving God. Amen. They've chosen to serve God in the midst of this Babylonian society and they're getting promoted in the midst of it and getting rewarded. So we're up to that time right now. Now, this king comes along now and he thinks he's doing real good. He thinks that he's good enough to be worshipped as a God. So he just melts down all this gold and he makes this huge lookalike statue of himself and he coats it in gold and then he just puts it in the middle there of the city and he just says everybody when you hear this music whatever it is then you have to bow down and you have to worship this image of me and so sound familiar doesn't it amen and um and so you know everybody was doing that because they didn't want to lose their lives he said whoever doesn't do this I'm going to put them into the center of the fiery furnace. And uh, this is a big, you know, big fire, fiery furnace. It was like really hot. And they can just go in there and they'll just be burnt up. Okay. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, not going to do it. Not going to do it. And we pick up the story right there. You with me? Okay. Good. Was that good? Woo, through Daniel, we did it. Okay, Daniel 3.8 says, At this time some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, this is in Daniel 3.8 I'm starting at, King, live forever. You have issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, and whatever does, does oh, and that whatever, whoever, oh, that whatever, whoever, <laughs> Help me, Lord. I'm 50. Uh, <laughs> the speech starts to go, you know, and uh, the eyesight and whatever. And that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into the blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true? Like, not again, you three. You seem to always defy me, and I just end up 
caving in. Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my God or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of, just fall down and worship me and everything will be okay. Basically, this is my interpretation. But if you do not worship it, you'll be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in the army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these guys are just carrying them up there. They dropped dead. It's so hot. And, and these three, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? And they replied, certainly, O king. He said, do you see four? Or is it just me? Am I going senile? Is there four? (laughs) He's 50. Thank you, Katrina. (sighs) Weren't there three men that we tied up through into the fire? And they replied, certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four men walking around, walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. (laughs) So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. See, he says servants of the Most High. Hi, God. Something changed in his attitude again. Amen. And they came out of the fire and the, and the prefects, governors, royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their head singed. Their robes were not scorched and there wasn't even the smell of fire on them. That's got to be a bit of a sign and a wonder. And then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angels and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble. He almost was repentant when he and no other God can save in this way. And then the king promoted 
Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Don't you think that's an amazing story? Such a great story. You know, John 10.10 says this, the thief or the devil, he comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus said this, I have come that you may have life and life in abundance. Things are going to happen in these days when we need to know who we are and who we serve. Amen. Now, the first thing in that scripture says, steal, kill, and destroy. There's three things the enemy will try and do to you in these days to get you in a place where you're disarmed and unempowered and weak and hopeless and useless, and you won't be ready for your blazing furnace experiences if you haven't done and withstood these three tests. Amen. The first thing is to steal. He wants to steal your devotion to God. The enemy wants to come and he wants to say, you will not worship that God. You will worship the gods. And, you know, we think, you know, what are the gods? Deuteronomy 5, 7 says this, you shall have no other gods before me or besides me. And, and I, I just think it's astounding that in those days there were, there were gods made of gold and statues and stuff like that. But, you know, it's a little more subtle now. You know, now it's sort of got a football jersey on the god. Now it's got, it's, it's, it's Sunday night, Australian Idol. You know, let's just go there. It's, you know what a god is? A god is anything else that you give more thought to, more time to, or more energy than God himself. There will be one God before you. And he must be, see, he said, the God above every other God. He has to be the God above every other God in your life. And you must not let the enemy steal that from you. Worship God. Amen. Amen. You know, I was thinking, we need to be, Woken up. You know, Phil said that the church needs to be awakened. Awakened to the realization of the sovereignty of God in every situation, in every place. You need to walk around knowing that God is enthroned above your life and that he is sovereign over all and over everything and that you are his kids and you are, if, if you're in right standing with God, you've got nothing to worry about. You know, red storms blowing in. You know, you just, Phil was saying it this morning, you are, you are just locked in that hope and that peace that God gives you. You know you're okay with him. You know you're okay. Amen. That second thing, that's the first thing, steal. He wants to kill. The enemy wants to kill. Just like Nebuchadnezzar wanted to steal from them, he wanted to kill. What do you want to kill? He wanted to kill the future. He wants to kill your future. He wants to kill the future of the church. Amen? He wants to kill the future. He looks at you and he sees a future. You imagine these young men, these Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They ended up getting promoted, 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 and ruling and reigning in great power in Babylon and turning around a king, and bringing him to salvation, bringing him to a place where he actually believed in God. And if you carry on with the story, he actually, at the end of Daniel, he falls on his knees and chooses God. He chooses God, this king, this evil king, chooses God because of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's so powerful 
is so powerful. There is a future they had and, and, the, and the future was trying to be taken from them all the time. You know, you read in the book of Daniel, Daniel faces the lions and the lions' mouths are shut. And they go through all this crazy stuff because this future that they have is to save the king of the most evil empire on earth. They had a purpose and a plan. These three young men, they were just young men. They were just young. But there was a purpose and a plan that God had for them to do great things. And I look around, I see young people, middle-aged people, older people. There is a plan for our lives. Older people, we're to be fathers and mothers to this generation. We can't just sit by and hand it over and say, it's yours now. I'm going to sit in my rocking chair. We've got to get behind them. We've got to be the wind beneath their wings. We've got to be the voice behind them saying, go, you can do it. We've got to come alongside them where they're struggling with sin and let them cry on our shoulders and have compassion and urge them on, urge them on, urge them on in Jesus' name. Daniel, you are going to another level in the name of Jesus Christ. I heard God say to me, Samson's hair is growing back. And I heard it tonight in the guitar. I heard it this morning in the guitar. The sound is coming back. It's the sound. It's the anointing is restored and returning to you in greater measures. And Daniel, I am so proud of you. And I'm urging you on as a mother of this house. You go, son, because I'm telling you what, you're going to put a lot of people to shame by the glory. And that guitar playing is so annoying. I've never heard anything like it in my life, anything like it in my life. And uh, they say, don't encourage me to get a big head. Well, get a big head, but get a bigger heart in Jesus' name. Amen. And stand up against that devil and say, I'm coming through. I've got a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for you. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Amen. 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 I got it right. It was, I checked it out. I went home and checked all, all of them. They all got hope first in the future. I repent. We had a little disagreement this morning, if you weren't here. And the third thing he wants to do is this. He wants to destroy. He comes to, to, to kill. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And what does he want to do? He wants to destroy your life. Amen. Now, look, fiery furnaces are going to come your way. I don't think we can avoid that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, this is life. This is planet Earth. You know, get over the thing that says, well, I'm a Christian. Why do bad things happen? You know, this is life. Stuff happens to good people. Why does stuff happen to good people? Because I tell you what, it makes you a better person. You know, you go through some fiery trials, you go through some fiery furnaces, and you come out, you don't even smell like smoke. You don't even smell like smoke. But I tell you what, you can stand before kings when you get out. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Don't get young people. Talking about smelling like smoke, you know. You say, I remember there was this wise man at the, guy, at the girls' school when they were at school and he preached this message. And my kids never forgot it, you know. And he was talking about, you know, how close should you go to hell? I mean, hell is here, you know what I mean? And, and, and God's throne is here and, and there's the, the fire there and there's God's throne there. Like how close do you want to live to the line? You know what I mean? And he's talked about, if you live this close to the line, no, he takes one mistake and you're in. 
But the closer you live to the throne of God, the more victory you're going to get. And he said, don't even smell of smoke. Don't even smell of Don't even get that close that smoke gets on you. you know, run away from it. Like these young men, make a stand, take a stand. And it says in James 1, 2, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the test of faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Do you know bad stuff goes on, but it makes great people. And I know a lot of very selfish, self-centered, shallow people that have not had many bad things happen in their lives, and that's the result. Really. You know, think, isn't God a good God? Yes, God is a good God. Amen. Like as parents, you know the parents that keep their kids locked up and, you know, stay in the house, Johnny, don't eat the dirt, don't play with the worms, Johnny, stay out of that tree. I would have been a mother like that with boys. I'm so glad God gave me girls that sit and play with dollies. But anyway, stay out of there. Don't do that, Johnny, don't do that. Don't, you know, germs, germs, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands, germs, you know what I mean? This overprotective, and what it does, it, it creates these wimpy kids that get snotty noses all the time. Because unless you get some germs on you, you don't build an immunity system. (laughs) Unless you get some trials on you, you're not going to build an immunity system. You're not going to build some guts. I was going to say something else, but I wouldn't. Because I'm a lady. Can't say that, Garth Ball. Can't say it. (laughs) Well done, well done, well done. We need to have an even if attitude. Amen? An even if. Listen to this. This is what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, and I just love this. If we are thrown into the blazing fire, the God we serve is able to save us from it. We know he's able. Is that right? Like I know my mom right now is struggling with cancer, and I know God is able to heal her. I know that with all my heart. But it says this, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of God that you have set up, even if. And I love that, even if stuff. And that's how I feel about God. you know why? Because I trust him. My God, this title of this service is, This sermon is called God is Faithful. And I know beyond a shadow of doubt, no matter what I've faced in my life, that my God has been faithful. And even the hard times that I've gone through, I now count as pure joy because they've developed in me something that you would never get out of a book. You have to live it. Amen. They've developed in me a love for people that I never would have had, a compassion for people that I never would have had. They've developed in me a brokenness where I'm I'm just so broken that God can come fill me and use me any way he wants. And they've developed in me a place where I can stand before kings and I know that my God is God. And even if I will serve him and worship him, you know, and the doctors gave mum a, a certificate this week that said, you know, you might have 12 months to live. And you know what my mum said? She said, I'm 76 and I may only have 12 months to live depending on what God's calendar says. But I want to tell you this, doctor, it ain't this cancer that's going to take me out. My God will take me home when he's ready. 
and I'll die in glory. Do you know what I mean? That's even if. Even if I don't get healed, I'm going out in glory. Woman of faith. I love it. You know what? We can have this sense of even if because we know no matter what happens to us, we win. You may go in some fiery furnaces, but you're going to walk out. Amen. We win. And I was listening to a song just before, and it says, wake up, wake up your normal life. Wake up your normal life. You know, if you're just living life normal, just going through the day-to-day, you know, just living life, get up, go to work, come home, watch the TV, go to bed. Wake up your normal life. Wake up. There's more. Wake up. And then it says this, wake up your normal life. You can do anything you want to. And then it says, shake up eternal side. Why? Because we want to. Not because we have to, but because we want to. We're shaking up the eternal side of us. We're always thinking eternally, eternally. We went and saw fame the other night for my birthday. I'm going to live forever. I'm going to learn how to fly. Oh, great. It was great. Brought back great memories. But as we're walking out of the theater, I said to him, you know what? We are going to live forever. Woohoo! Because we have eternal life. We're going to live forever. Yeah. You can cheer now. <laughs> And when he said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of God's. I want to say this to you. Jesus said he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. There is another man walking in your trial with you, right in the middle of that fiery furnace, right in the middle of that impossible situation. There is another man. And I want to say right now, there are marriages right now, I know I heard God say it, that are really just struggling. I want to say this to you. There's another man with you. And you've got to make that marriage work because it's going to affect the generations. And we need these generations to have mum and dad that stay together, amen, and fight it out and make it work because we need these kids on fire for God with stable homes, amen. And that's not to say anything if you've been through a divorce or you're in a second, third marriage. God is fantastic and he works stuff out, amen. But let's just try and work at these marriages. And you women... You're awesome women that are standing for your marriages, unsaved husbands. Keep going. There's another man standing with you. Amen. He stands with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Hebrews 13, 5. And the last thing is this. Your victories will bring others to faith in God. Even kings will bow their knees. If you make it through your victories, if you say, if you just full on look at the devil and just say, get behind me. Because I'm going through. Get behind me because I'm going through this fiery furnace and I'm going to come out not even smelling of smoke. Because I'm going to stand before kings and I'm going to stand before my school teachers and I'm going to stand before my boss and I'm going to stand before those all around me and they're going to end up knowing that through my victory I will witness to them. In Jesus' name, amen.